Hey, it's Mike Oz. We have a special installment of the Stew Pod this week. Chris is out on vacation, but I am joined by Kurt Schilling, the always outspoken ex-MLB ace, is here to talk about A-Rod, Tim Tebow's decision to try baseball, and his latest broadcasting venture, which you're going to hear all about here on the show. I also have a couple of would-you-rathers for him that uh, hopefully he finds funny. So let's talk to Kurt Schilling and see what he has to say on this week's Stew Pod. If you like what we're doing here on the Stew Pod, be sure to go over to iTunes and subscribe to our show. Also, Rate us and review us. And with that, let's go talk to Kurt Schilling. Kurt, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. We got I, I, a lot of things I want to talk about with you today. Uh, All right. Starting with A-Rod, Tim Tebow. I got some fun questions at the end, hopefully. Um, but you do have some new stuff Coming up, we'll kind of get into, but uh, just briefly, to just to give you a little shout-out, you're starting a new sports podcast, yep. correct? Yeah, I'm actually starting a new daily uh, show uh, on the web. It'll be for Breitbart.com, and I'm going to be doing a morning show from 9 to 12, Monday through Friday. Okay, so uh, that's starting next week? Yeah, uh, it's within the next couple weeks, yes. So you missed you missed the A-Rod, A-Rod Palooza that we're in the middle of this week, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Well, I, I didn't miss it. I mean, I've, <laughs> people have called me about it, but yeah, yeah it's uh, it's another another fun week of baseball. When you first heard how the Yankees and A Rod were, you know, spinning this quote unquote retirement, uh, what was your reaction? To me, it seemed like they were giving him like a pretty clean out just to kind of walk away and you know save face a little bit. Yeah, I don't know that there's any face to save. Honestly, um, and I don't know if, that, if he's after that. I think, you know, no matter how contrite he is, no matter how much he admits to now, I think he realizes that, you know, that, that ship sailed a long time ago. Um, you know, I, I uh, last two years ago, spring training, uh, 2015, I, I ran into him the morning he reported and had a long conversation with him because I was as hard as on him as any player. I said things about him and, I didn't like him as a player and all that. And I, you know, I basically apologized, and 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 I did so because I had read the article in ESPN the magazine uh, that he had talked about, you know, his the situation at home with his family, his daughters, and how he had to sit down and have that chat. And and I don't, I don't, I'm not absolving him. He made the, he made some really bad choices, but he had to have a, a a conversation that no parent wants to have, which is to sit in front of your your kids and and admit that you've been somebody you don't want to be and you know i just wanted him to be able to kind of walk away on his own terms when he did um but i i i still feel the same way i felt when i when i think about clemens and i think about bonds at at some point and he's probably at that point you realize he realized that he can't have the one thing that they all wanted and can't buy which is a legacy and so, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody. I don't wish anybody to feel that way. But at the end of the day, he made his choices, and so he's going to have to live with them, and you know, and uh, and move on. What did you make of of Girardi's comments last night that his job description doesn't include farewell tours? When I mean, that's kind of what the Yankees have been doing the last the last few years. Well, yeah, I mean, it's pretty disingenuous, <laughs> but you know, I, I, that that doesn't surprise me. He's always I thought I, that's the kind of guy. I mean. They couldn't have had more of a farewell tour than they had for Derek Jeter. I think even he was sick of it, you know, last year. So, so it's it's not he, he's saying something that's not true. But he, I think he was saying it to 
to send a message to Alex, which is kind of yeah. you know cowardly, if you ask me. I, I guess the question to me is like, what does he deserve? I mean, does he deserve sort of a hey, you know, we'll stand up and, and clap for you one time? I mean, does it? Well, I, I don't know that any of us deserve anything in that sense because when you walk away from the game, generally you owe the game a whole lot more than it owes you. I know that was the case for me. The game gave me things I never dreamed of, places I never dreamed of. I just I, I never would have experienced the life I experienced without the game of baseball in so many different ways. Game doesn't owe you anything. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to pay tribute to somebody, that's that's the fans. That you know, for the most part. But you can't force people to celebrate somebody leaving the game if they don't like the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you mentioned you know kind of some of the relationships you've had with him or talks you've had off the field, which I think is interesting. I and mean, most people kind of know that. You know, you were in the middle of that, that A-Rod Veritech brawl. That's probably like yep. the most, you know, image that we've seen of, of the two of you guys. But uh, yep. outside of that, like off off the field, what other kind of experiences have you had Never. with him? Just Never. The, just that spring training? Never interacted with him one time. Ever. And I, I, you know, I generally, with the exception of, like, former teammates, I didn't generally interact with people on the other team anyway. But I never was at a charity event or never... I was never around him for for something that that I would have interacted with him, and, and then you know as a player I didn't like him, you know. So I, you know that was then. This is now, but you know it wasn't somebody I sought the company of. Played against him in small star games, but never with him. So I I, I think of him, and I think it's interesting that we've seen so many different versions of him, you know. And and some of that is just the fact that he's we've been watching him since he was 18 years old, and he's right. kind of been you know all these different people. Um, of what you know of him and, and of what you know of, of you know players who know him, like what, what kind of person do you think he really is? Because one of the things well, I, is, I, that question, the question you're asking is, is 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 his own fault in a sense. I mean, he's he's not. I don't. I think people have looked at him forever and wondered who who. Despite what you're saying, who are you? Yeah. Um, I think he's a brilliant baseball mind. If you talk to anybody that knows him, he's he loves. He has a passion for talking about. Baseball and sports, he loves baseball. I think the only thing that makes him different, and I guess unique might be the word, is is how incredibly insecure he is. And and, and most of the great players I played with were insecure, uh, you know, some to a really embarrassing degree. Uh, and he probably is is one of those guys. And he's tried so hard to be to be to fit in, and and instead of just playing, he, he Alex always tried to to be a part of the group, even though he was a part of the group before the group was formed. You know, it's like going to an all-star game and trying to, quote-unquote, fit in. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fit in, dude. You belong. You're one of the greatest players that ever lived. And that was always, a, I think that was always a challenge. I guess this this may have been, like, the, the question to start with because maybe it, it invalidates everything we've said, but do you think he's really done? Do you, do you think it's really, really the end? You know, the only reason I would uh, – here's why I would say no. I think Jeffrey Lurie is the worst owner in professional sports, <laughs> and I think he might be stupid enough to do that and, and, and bring him on. But I hope for Alex – and, and this is just me. I don't know what his life is. I hope for – in my mind, I hope for Alex. I hope he is done on the field. I think there's a lot he can do in the game. Again, I think he's, a, he's probably a very smart baseball guy based on everything I've ever heard. Um, he clearly has the money. Maybe he gets into ownership. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm probably as emotional about Prince Fielder walking away as anybody I have been in the last five years. Yeah, that's another one. It seems like there's a lot of a lot of stories, you know, this, yeah. these last couple of weeks of that. But um, on, on the A Rod thing, because uh, I was thinking about this. I mean, obviously he could go do whatever he wants. He could go and right. you know start a business. He could go coach. He could just go hang out with his kids and you know go do that and be fine. But I think you know as as probably the same with you and, and countless others and Prince. I mean the 
kind of being having to make that decision to walk away. I, I want to hear your perspective on, you know, kind of being someone who was at the very top. And yep. then when you have to decide it's time, I mean, I know you kind of had that thing where you're like, should I, should I retire? Should I try to come back? You know, like, what is that like? How hard is it to make that decision? Not for me. Well, just see, in- I'm on, I'm, I'm on a completely different planet than these two guys. I was ready to walk away the second I retired and I have never missed a game for a second. Nothing, nothing about never. Um, I, I, it, it gave me so much for so long um, that I was ready to move on to the next phase of life. Clearly, neither one of these guys is ready to walk away, and and I, you know that's how most of the guys are. But but I, I think that I remember talking to Chris Carpenter, and he was talking about how the fact that you know he retired. He's like, dude, I can only play so much golf. Yeah. You know, and, and I think you have to find out what the next step is and have an idea and a plan for what you want to do in that next step um, before it comes. I, like I said, I was ready. I knew I wanted to walk, and, and I, was, I was happy and excited about all the things that were ahead of me. These guys are, I think, well, Prince, you know, that one snuck up on him, yeah. and that's, that's too bad. And I think for the most part, Alex saw this coming. He just hasn't wanted it to happen, so, you know. It's more like accepting it, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, but but part of what makes us who we were and who we are are are, are the you know are you, you you're telling me I can't do this? Mm-hmm. Come on, I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah. So if this really is it, like let's just fast forward twenty years. What are people going to remember about A Rod? Like, what's going to be the thing when you say Alex Rodriguez? What is it? I think they'll do a lot of the same things they did with Clemens and, and Bonds and, and a lot of other guys, which is what could have been. Um, I think the disingenuous Alex Rodriguez will override the Alex Rodriguez everybody else knows. I mean, it's hard to be that good and not have home fans in any city fall all over you. Yeah, it's a good point. And and. and and, that, and he's managed to do that. And, and again, I, I, I don't wish anybody to feel that way, but, but, and he'll tell, be the first to tell you. you know, he made his own bed, and he's, he's dealing with it, and he's going to have to deal with it the rest of his life. I'll, I'll put you on the spot here, and you can, you can t- not do it if you don't want to, but is there, do you have a great Alex Rodriguez story that you've heard over the years? I know baseball people just have so many stories about so many people. Is there some my story favorite, My favorite story was a personal one. In, in the 2002 All-Star Game, um, I was starting and Alex was hitting third and the day before the All-Star game I told him uh, we were sitting around the cage and I said to him listen if you come up tomorrow and nobody's on base I'm going to throw you nothing but fastballs and he looked at me like what? and I was like yeah listen if you come up tomorrow and there's nobody on base you're, I'm not going to throw anything but fastballs and he's like why? I said because I want to find out if I can get the best hitter in the world out with fastballs that he knows are coming he's like alright and he came up the next day with no uh, with nobody on and I threw him three fastballs and and it was it was fun it was really cool it was like a one of those moments you never forget so let's move on to Tim Tebow I think uh the the combination of Tebow and A-Rod in one week is is quite a lot for us to handle (laughs) well that means that's one of those the signs of the apocalypse (laughs) are upon us right I I, uh, so I guess the, the main question here is do you think Tim Tebow has a future in baseball no in the big leagues uh just in baseball I think I, no, somebody's going to sign him to a minor league contract, absolutely. And some minor league kid's going to lose a job because of it. But at the end of the day, someone will sign him to a minor league contract because he'll put people in the seats, and that's what the minor leagues are all about for the ownership. How hard is it, in your estimation, to be a 28-year-old who hasn't played competitively baseball in, in 10 years to try to pick up the sport 
and and try to you know create some semblance of, of playing successfully. <laughs> it's not hard. Anybody at 28 can pick up the sport. Picking up the sport is a lot different than playing in the big league. Well, that's what I mean. And, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you know, I, I I liken it to this. I remember, and I was one of the guys who, like, at, towards the end of my career, I'd been playing golf. I got my handicap down to you know like a two, and 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 I'd heard all these guys say, you know, hey, when I'm done, I'm going on the PGA Tour, as if you could just step out and go to the PGA Tour, never realizing that the worst guy on the tour is a thousand times better than anybody you've ever seen in your life. And, and you know, the, I, I, I never, ever bet against a man of faith, especially to, as solid and, and as rock solid as Tim's faith is. But here's the thing. The, get, the comment I heard about was that he was a really good hitter in high school. Well, I was too. I was a really good hitter in high school. <laughs> a lot of people. I hit, one, I hit one something in the big leagues. Um, you know, it, I, I saw him swing the other day. It looks like he's got a, a, a nice swing. I think he kicked the crap out of people in the 30 and over league. But that, I, I would tell you that there is absolutely no chance that he would ever set foot on a big league diamond to play in a big league baseball game in the regular season. Only, And it has nothing to do with him and everything to do with the game. It is a faster, harder game than anything you could ever imagine. What is it about baseball you think that that makes all these other athletes from different sports think that they can just go play baseball? Is it because they played it when they were kids? I mean, is that what it is? Absolutely, it's mm-hmm. the difference between baseball fans and everybody else. Like you, you go to a football game and there'll be a section of people that are really loud, and they're usually the big, fat, beer drinking former high school football players. Um, you go to you go to a basketball game and and you'll see some guys on the court on the floor uh, yelling at players. At baseball. Everybody in the world, every sports fan in the world, and a lot of women, played baseball. So they see catching and throwing and all the things that they did and think, you know, it's not really that hard. Because you know how many times someone walked up to me and said, man, I really wish I hadn't quit when I was in high school. And my first response to them is, no, you made the right choice. (laughs) I mean, it's, 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 you can't fathom the speed of the game. And, you know, I would tell you high school to the big leagues is like, uh, you know, pre-K to a master's degree in, 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 in separation. It's just not, it's not, there's not even, you can't even translate the two. You, you mentioned the, the you know, Tebow and the Faith thing, and what, what I think has been interesting about, you know, Tebow, because he has this whole subset of fans that aren't even, you know, yep. sports fans. I mean, they're just... Well, he has fans that love him for the person he is. Yeah, and, you yeah, know... The, the, which the, is, well, I'm one of them. The, the popular refrain, though, for a lot of times, if he, if he fails or whatever, it's because... They they will say that because people aren't giving him a chance because they don't like you know his beliefs or his ideologies and, and sure I mean I just do you think that flies in baseball because there's a lot of there's a lot of people who believe the same thing that he believes in baseball right well I'm one of them yeah. again I'm a Christian I was a, I've been a Christian for almost 20 years now um but his faith is unshakable and so for just like me I think he doesn't care what people say he he, he you know I, I think he, he feels like he. Here's the thing you have to understand beyond all else. Baseball, professional sports, is a business. A billion, a multi-billion dollar business. So if you can play, I don't care if you're a pagan, you're going to play. I mean, there are, you look at some of the disgusting people that have played in the big leagues. You know, the racist, the, 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 the homophobic people, all, all the sports, for the most part, they don't care. Greg Hardy was, a, fans loved him. Yeah, 
I mean, you know, there's no shortage of of scumbags in baseball, just like there is in any other sport, in any other job, or any other profession. But the difference is that those people can bring in hundreds of millions of dollars for your business, and guys play. Guys will sign them. But when 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 some team doesn't promote Tim Tebow to the major leagues, or they cut him. And, and someone starts saying, oh, it's because he's a Christian. Like, I just don't well, see how that flies. Yeah. Like, that doesn't fly. Well, it baseball. doesn't. It doesn't. It never will. And that, because again, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can tell you Christian faith has never kept a good big league player from playing in the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we have chapel every Sunday. Every team has chapel on a Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, the challenge becomes when you have a player who is overbearing. Um, and in and, 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 and that you know, people say, oh, he's pushing his religion on us and whatever. But a lot of Christians feel the need to, to share their faith. And some people get offended at that. And as players, if players that got offended would usually say something in the clubhouse and move on. You never cared because at 705, everybody was moving in the same direction. So that's probably a, a good transition into uh, your next step, which you kind of alluded to at the, at the start. But, uh, you know, tell us, tell us what, you're, what you got going yeah. on, how it's taking so, shape. I'm going to be doing a, a morning show on Breitbart.com um, from 9 to 12 and 8 to 20. It's going to be kind of social life politics thing, um, five days a week, Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 12 Eastern, and, and it's, it's what I want to do. Uh, I'm also going to be launching a, a podcast, a uh, weekly podcast, sports podcast that I'll be doing, and along with a couple other things, I'm, I'm, I'm launching a, a kind of a, I guess it's a brand, you could call it, and... I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to move that way. Um, you know, I'm obviously interested in politics. I'm, I've, I've talked about. I've talked about running for a local uh, state office, and apparently, the sarcasm or behind the presidential comment uh, caught everybody's attention. So, apparently, Thank according goodness. to a lot of people, I'm running for president. But uh, you know, we'll go. We'll figure it out. How, how did all this take shape? Because you know, we heard when when all the ESPN stuff happened that you know various things like you've been linked to Breitbart for a while, but yeah. like, how did how did how did all this actually come together? Well, they reached out. They reached out. I mean, listen, there is a there's a segment of people out there who have have called me everything from a racist to a xenophobe to a homophobe to a transphobe. But not one of those things is even remotely close to true. But when the media narrative spins out of control like that, uh, you know, it's some point you just got to say okay i'm not gonna i'm, I'm gonna stop telling you i'm not because you people that know me know who i am um and, and i've been watching this country uh you know for the last 49 years and we're now in a place for me that it just doesn't even remotely resemble the country i grew up in and and i think that this is the most important election of our lifetimes and i want to be involved i want to talk about stuff that moves the needle you whether you agree or disagree i think that the debate is what's needed all right, so I have uh, two would you rathers. Hopefully, you like them both. Okay. Um, and and in in good spirits here. Okay. So okay. Fun, um, first one you kind of alluded to, so I, I'm curious to see where you'll go with this. If if I told you that you, uh, I want you to go out and I want you to pitch, you know, to one batter, uh, one time right now, David Ortiz, Alex Rodriguez. Oh my God, I I, I couldn't get either out, but probably David. <laughs> Just because. Time to time to say goodbye. Just because I know David wouldn't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is this is the one I mean in good nature here. And I, th- I thought I, I thought of this yesterday, and I thought it would at least be funny. I want to hear your answer. Would you rather get into the Hall of Fame if you knew that Hillary Clinton would win the presidency? And I, I'm amazed we made it this far into the show without mentioning her name. Um, right. Or or you don't you never get into the Hall of Fame, but Donald Trump wins. 
I never get in the Hall of Fame and Trump wins. That's not even close. You, uh, that, that, I would take the Trump winning no Hall of Fame every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I, I figured that's where you would go. You would go country oh, yeah, over, yeah. over personal. Yep. Uh, listen, if I don't get in the Hall of Fame, they don't get to take away my trophies. They don't get to take away the memories. They don't get to take away the things that we achieved and accomplished and I, I was able to be a part of. So I, my life's not going to change. I'm good. I'm happy. Kurt, thanks for spending some time with us. Right, I really man, appreciate it. I appreciate Good luck it. with everything. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care.